I, I'm glad I came on this podcast because I want to point out something that has um, bothered me about society, which is that men are underpaid in modeling. <laughs> in modeling. <laughs> it's the one industry I chose where men are actually underpaid. Yeah. Welcome to the Business of Beauty podcast, where we talk money with people who work in beauty-based industries. Today, I'm joined by Mario Adrian, longtime friend, comedian, model, actor, YouTube star, American Idol contestant, OnlyFans boy. Let's go. Wow, I do everything. I love the, I love the intro. Thank yes, you. Yes, of course. Thanks he does it all. Thanks for me up. You like my PR right now. Whoa. Yeah. You gotta <laughs> pay like, for that. Oh, he's like, YouTube star. You know, yeah, YouTube stand-up comedian. Exactly, I love that. I love that. Yeah. Okay, so I'm just gonna be honest. We just talked for um, almost ten minutes without clicking record, yeah, but hey, we're, you know what? It's a new podcast, and so freaking excited that you're coming to one of the first episodes. So thanks for yeah. thanks for being yeah. here. Yeah. Okay, so um, I do want to talk about the model apartment thing because okay. we just finished talking about that. Yeah, we met in Singapore. Yeah, both met modeling at the time. Modeling, yes. same agency. Yeah at a model apartment. I remember like it was yesterday, it was at the pool, and I was like the new boy in school, you know what I mean? I just got to the apartment, and it's like in a TV show when you meet all the characters, you know? And then, um, yeah, I met some friends, and then it was you with your friend, what, what's, what's the Miriam. name? Miriam. Miriam, yes, <laughs> yes, yes. So yeah, we get to know each other at the at the pool of a model apartment. Yes, Yeah. and model apartments, for those who don't know, are just really crappy housing um, agencies put eight girls or boys in a two-bedroom apartment with one bathroom yeah. and um and charge you a lot charge you a ton people of money. think it's free people like in the beginning people thought okay they put you up in a model apartment meaning you get free accommodation but they charge you like i don't know how much it was but in new york like we were just talking about this in new york i was at a model apartment in brooklyn with like seven guys sharing one bathroom and they charged each of the models i think it was fifteen hundred dollars Meaning they made a total of like $9,500 for a place that could not be any more than like four grand a month. You know what I mean? How, how many bedrooms? Uh, I think we had, so was, there was two bedrooms and there's um, a one bunk bed and then they put a mattress on the floor. So three people in each bedroom. And then there was one room, which is like a Harry Potter closet, which was when the stairwell goes up, it's like in the corner. And just to paint the picture, I was in this apartment and there was a bed for me, like it was a sofa and I have to like, I have to pull it out in order to sleep. And when I pulled out the sofa bed, I could not do a push up in my room. Just to give you an idea of how small it was. It's pretty much like a, like a storage, like a, like a walk-in closet type of deal. Wow. Yeah. And I paid $1,500 for it. Yeah. Ridiculous. It's like, yeah, you may yeah. as well get your own place. People are probably like, why don't you get your own apartment? But yeah they pay for it up front. So sure. it's like enticing for people. Yeah. And the commitment of like, if you sign your own lease, you have a lot of like the, it's a, it's a commitment, right? Yeah. And if you're a model, you never know if it works, right? You go to, you go to New York city, you might not work. So you have to reevaluate if you want to stay there after two months. Yeah. So there's freedom in the model apartment. You just bounce around. There's not a lot of commitments, but also not a lot of, um, glamour. Yeah. You know, not at all. <laughs> no, too many people surprised. Yeah. Um. Okay. So yes, we met when you were modeling. Yeah. But you don't do that at all anymore. So here's the thing. I like modeling a lot. I am so grateful because it made me travel the world. I met some great. I met you modeling. You know, made some great friends. I just felt like creatively, I was missing an element like of self-expression because I feel modeling. All you can do is you can put on your blue steel look. You know, <laughs> and that's all you can do really. And I felt like with uh, YouTube, stand-up comedy, what I'm doing now, it's just like, I, I feel so much more passionate about it. And also, I will be honest with modeling, there's a lot of things that have kind of um, thrown me off when it comes to power dynamics in modeling, right? Very powerful photographers um, are in control of your career, right? They can decide what you are going to do with your career and they use that power, right? And I've, I've, I've had a lot of experience with like sexual assault, sexual harassment as a model, which at some point I was like, you know what? I want to do something where I'm in control with social media, with stand-up comedy, without these gatekeepers. Um, and yeah, I never look back, you yeah. know? So I still do modeling jobs. If I get a job, I've done like a, a hair campaign the other day, but uh, I won't go to New York or Milan Fashion Week anymore 
starve myself to fit into tiny designer jackets yeah. and stay at a model apartment with eight dudes sharing a bathroom, you know? And it can't That's be over. financially, <laughs> it can't make financial sense for you when you have yeah. your YouTube channel, which must be making the majority of your money. Yeah, absolutely. Um, it, I mean, running around doing fashion week for $200 a show or whatever yeah. is ridiculous. And that's the thing always people think like a fashion show, right? Even if you make some money, the amount of time it takes to book one job, because you have to go to like 15 castings to get rejected in order for one person to say yes to you. Yeah. So in reality, if you'd break it down to an hourly wage, I think it's really, I mean, in some cases, maybe below minimum wage, depending on how many, you know, how much stuff you do, but yeah. Yeah, for Fashion yeah. Week. Yeah, for Fashion Week specifically. So yeah. how about actual modeling jobs, you know, campaigns, commercials, yeah. whatever else, the the high paying ones. Um, I know what female models typically make. Yeah. What do male models make? And do you notice a difference when you're on set and how much females make versus males? Yeah. And I, I'm glad I came on this podcast because I want to point out something that has um, bothered me about society, which is that men are underpaid in modeling. <laughs> in modeling. <laughs> it's the one industry I chose where men are actually underpaid. Yeah. Um, yeah. I think women make... I've been... W one job specifically I remember. It was an underwear campaign I did. And the the girl, I mean, mind you, she had to, her call time was like an hour and a half earlier because she had to get makeup and all this stuff. Um, the job, I think, paid like, I, I was paid like 3000 I think she was paid like, what I heard was like uh, over 5000 So like almost twice as much for the same job. Were you, you know? so what What was the job or what category, I guess? Uh, it was an underwear campaign. Oh, yeah, underwear. So it was said. like underwear and it was, it was actually really bizarre because like, <clears throat> I was in underwear and she had to like, um, it was kind of sensual, you know? So yeah. she had to like, um, like kind of like touch me and then it cut back from like shots of underwear and like we walk and it was a really eclectic commercial. Um, so you're both the stars, you're both in every exactly. shot. Like, yeah, 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 there's no, yeah, exactly. She was not like, I was not just a side chick, you know yeah. what I mean? I was the, I was the real deal. You were the I, main we were, chick. I was the main chick. <laughs> I was the main chick. And uh, arguably she was the side chick. I don't know. Like I think I had more, I had more screen time than her. Nonetheless, I was paid half. Um, wow. so that's a specific example where I know I never, when I went on jobs, I didn't, I didn't go around asking all the girls, Hey, how much you making today? You know? Yeah. That's, but, that's part yeah. of the reason I want to do this podcast is because nobody talks about it. Yeah. You know? Yeah. So I would say generally what I would make for like an e-commerce job, like I did Bloomingdale's and all this stuff in New York, mm -hmm. maybe like a thousand per day, depending on what, that's a better e-com job. Really? Yeah. And it, for women, yeah. I feel like it starts at 1800. Well, fantastic. Yeah. That's good <laughs> for like, you. <laughs> it's like, I, especially e-com. Yeah. I think you don't work for less than 1800. Well. Which is crazy. Good for you guys. I mean, listen, I, I, I was very happy being paid $800 when I first started yeah. for doing eight hours of e-commerce. Um, yeah. There's a wage gap. Let's talk about it. Yeah. Let's very talk about interesting. it. <laughs> okay. So you mentioned you did the underwear campaign. I yeah. need to ask this because I just saw one of your videos yeah. talking about a bulge enhancer. Yeah. 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 Is that always, okay. First of all, <laughs> tell us what is a bulge enhancer and then yeah. is that always used on set when it's like underwear or swimwear or whatever, <clears throat> something like that? I mean, it depends on the bulge, right? So <laughs> does like it? some people don't need it. <laughs> no. So here's the thing. There is, because um, they, they're doing these underwear campaigns and you want, if you want to sell underwear, sex sells, right? They want to have, you want to fill out the package a little bit. But a lot of these traditional underwear like shoots, they don't want like a very aggressive, they don't want like, um, I mean, I don't, they don't want the, it's called VPL, like a, a visible line where it's, you know, where you can see oh, the outline. The shape. Yeah. Exactly. You don't want, like, they don't want that. So what they have is they have a little cup that you put in there. So it creates like a bulge without being too explicit. So it's partially to keep it like PG. Honestly, so it's like in between. It's yeah. like to, to rate, like to grow the bulge, but then also to like disarm the bulge a little bit, you know? Right. So like it, 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 you know, so it's like keeping it all, it's like the perfect balance. Yeah. You know, it's like zenning out the bulge. And of course, women use you know you said push-up bras but also yeah. like little chicken cutlets we wear like extensions that's what they call like just you know stuffing your oh, or whatever okay, cool, cool, cool. and then also i don't know if you've ever seen a booty pad but i've oh, used no. booty pads in jobs which booty is pad. their underwear but with yeah. more bum so that you like fill out the huh. jeans or whatever usually for denim let's go yeah so no i i we all have see, something I see, no you live you learn i didn't know that i didn't yeah. know that yeah and I always say this, it's like for men, people are like, oh, this is so weird. People get, it's, it's frowned upon, you know, but women wearing push-up bras, 
They've been doing it for decades. Yep. Nobody's complaining. Again, a double standard <laughs> in our society that I would like to point out on the on the Business of Beauty podcast. Oh yeah. my gosh. Too funny. Okay, so did you wear a bulge enhancer for your American Idol audition? <laughs> a little bit, a little bit, you know, I would like I actually put a sock in there. Did but you actually? I, I did, I did, but like I did in a way where okay, so when I did the audition for American Idol, it was in a speedo, and I I put a sock in there and I I first had the sock hanging out because I thought it was funny. But then they were like, no, we, you know, so then I, I pushing it a I, bit. I, yeah, I thought it was, they thought it was too much focus okay. on that area. So then I, um, I, I just had a sock in there the whole time. Wow. And then people saw it and they were like, and I was like, it's all me, you know? So now I'm coming clean. This is the moment Whoa. where I'm coming clean. I'm the truth comes confessing out. to the world that, um, it's all been a lie. I'm sorry. Damn. Yeah. Um, okay. So you're not a singer. Um, or are you excuse me (laughs) (laughs) why did you go on american idol how did that thought come into your brain was it like a business focused thing where you're like this might improve my career give me some notoriety what was your thought process well i mean i always just think i just want to make fun the priority in my life and i i love anything that's like silly and i've always been very silly guy i loved like even when i was modeling i felt like it was not silly enough right so um, I have a friend who is a comedian and uh, shout out to Josh Randall. And he, I did a show with him and he, he sang a song about like, um, he was doing like some comedy about being a boy band in Germany. So I talked to him after and I was like, hey, we should be friends, man. And he's like, hey, I'm casting for American Idol. Can you sing? And I was like, absolutely, Josh. Absolutely. <laughs> so I did an audition actually singing uh, and uh, it, it, it did not go well. And then I'm like, let's try something else. And then we came up with this like more of a comedic approach, right? And then I was like, you know, I'm gonna just going to have this, this character of like a, you know, a model that's tired of the modeling industry because I want to be a singer. I don't want to be objectified anymore. Right. I want to be taken seriously for my art and my talents. So you showed up in a speed. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> hey, you know. <laughs> so, um, yeah, and we did that. And then I did like all the audition. It was in the middle of COVID too. Oh. So it was very difficult. I had to do all these Zoom, like so many calls to producers and stuff. And then, yeah, they just sent me to Ohio where we filmed at a golf oh, resort. Oh, hi. Oh, hi, yeah. Oh, because of COVID, probably. They came well, like their official no, studio. They filmed, they filmed in San Diego in uh, LA, the Roosevelt, I think, and in Ojai. So oh. those are the three locations. And for some reason, because I was, I was cast later in the show, mm-hmm. so um, they sent me to Ojai. And uh, it was so funny because I... See, also, I'm, I'm from Germany. Okay, maybe you could have noticed by my German accent a little bit. Okay. And, uh, okay. Okay. <laughs> And I, um, I, I have never watched, I didn't, I didn't grow up with American television. So I saw Ryan Seacrest for the first time and we were doing an interview. I had no idea who he was. Oh, really? I'd never, I had no idea. And I was like, people were acting so like weird about him. And I was like, he must be a big deal. But I was like, I had no idea who he was. Um, so yeah, then I did the audition in a Speedo. And again, at that point, I didn't know if it was going to air. Like you never know with these things. And I didn't know what was going to happen. Nothing was rehearsed, by the way. Like this show, I know how it's for you on, on, on America's Next Top Model, but uh, it was pretty much everything was real. They didn't tell me what to do, and right. I don't think Katy Perry knew what was coming. It's, maybe they briefed them for a second, but I never told anybody what I was going to do specifically. So um, yeah, I just walked up in a speedo and I sang my song. Yeah, I came to the USA with a big dream and a speedo. <laughs> Did you write that? I did, did you? Write yeah, that. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> oh my god. One of my proudest okay, so moments. Okay, so Katy Perry <laughs> loved you. Yeah, which, which was adorable. Which was surprising. I thought she was going to be thrown off by that. Uh, she was obsessed. Yeah. So you guys, for those who haven't seen it, you showed up in an American flag speedo. Yeah. And your socks. America. Or something. Yeah. 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 And uh, you have to mention the socks, but you know, America. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, did your song, and then you did a walk off with Katy Perry. Yeah. And again, none of that was planned. It was just improvising in the moment. Really? Yeah. Hundred percent. None. None of this wow. was planned. Like I did my song, and I told them about like me being a model and want to be taken seriously as a model, as a singer now. And then, um, yeah, Katie was like, let's have a walk off. And I was like, let's go. Iconic. I, yeah, it was really Katie fun. Perry. It was really fun. Yeah. That's awesome. Yeah. And again, I had no idea. And I was actually, I was in there for like, I would say like a solid 30 minutes. Oh, but they yeah. cut it down to like, there was a lot more stuff I, I wish was in there, but you like know, they what? cut it down. I mean, <laughs> I just roast, like, we had so many, like, I had so many moments where I just, like, talked back and forth with them, like, uh, Lionel Richie and stuff. We talked about my, my YouTube, and I thought, like, oh, fuck it. Because we talked about YouTube, and he's like, okay, you, um, I think I've seen you before. And he goes, like, oh, you subscribed on YouTube. And I wish they had let that, kept that in, because yeah. there would have been a great push for my YouTube channel. Um, yeah, honestly, it's been so long. I don't remember exactly, because I, I never had a recording of that. But I just remember being in there for a long time, talking with them back and forth. 
Yeah. But they did a good job. They cut down the, you know, the best moments and okay. yeah. All right. Let's get into your YouTube channel. Yeah. Okay. You have 822,000 subscribers. Oh, you're very up to date. I love That's that. That's pretty yeah, massive. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yes. I checked this morning. Yeah. Um, because it probably always freaking changes day yeah, after day. Yeah, yeah, yeah. How did you grow to be that big? How many years did it take? What's your strategy? Yeah. Tell me a bit about well, that. Well, when I first started YouTube, I actually started probably when I first met you. I remember doing one video in Singapore. It started first from um, a, a genuine desire to document my life and to have a memory to look back to. Because I was like, yo, I'm doing this modeling thing right now in Singapore, which is very unique. And I want to look back at like in 10 years and, and, and have something to remember this by. So I made like this video just goofing around with my friends during like um, castings and I put it on YouTube. And then I did a video, I think it was in New York Fashion Week and I was like, hey, um, the, what really happens at New York Fashion Week castings? It was like this ominous title and I didn't know about like titles or anything. And I did it really just to have a memory. And then after a couple of weeks, I checked back and the video had like 70,000 views. And I didn't understand because I didn't, it didn't even occur to me that this could be like uh, a thing or a career or anything like that. And then people just asked me questions, right? They asked like, hey, Mario, um, um, how big are you? You know, that was the number one question I got a lot. It was how a lot big of, are you? Yeah, it was a lot like of like sexual questions. But oh. then also they asked me like, uh, what's your workout routine? How do you become a model? Mm -hmm. So then I took the questions I naturally got from that community and I made videos about every single one of them. So I made one video like... Um, how you get male model six pack abs. And then I showed like my ab routine and that video did well. And then people asked me questions about my diet. So I did videos about my, my diet, right? So like I really followed the community and what they were asking me. Okay. And it just took this one initial like video to kind of build and even understand that I had some sort of like community. And I realized there wasn't a lot of content around modeling, mm -hmm. especially for men, right? I think female, I think there was like more about like because when, when we think modeling, we think mainly about the female perspective because, again, women are overpaid, right? They get so much attention. <laughs> I just want to really drive that point home. <laughs> um, so, yeah, I, I had a lot of aspiring models follow me. And I did not realize how many people wanted to become models. Like, and I had such a big fan base in India, which is so interesting. Like, all these Indian, like, guys that were, like, um, kind of looking up to me and were like, oh, I want to be a model. So I, I gave them modeling tips. And that's how it started. And yeah, and then I just shifted so much. I always had this comedic aspiration and um, I never knew that I could actually pursue that because I grew up in a small town in Germany. It's called Alpiesbach im Hochschwarzwald. Maybe you've heard of it. And <laughs> I saw you do India a just video. Got, India just got so scared when she looked at me. Oh, well, shit. <laughs> I saw uh, you do a video about your hometown with that girl or whatever. And yeah, I, yeah, I was yeah. like, what in the world? I know, I know. I don't know if I've ever like actually asked you what city you're from. That yeah, is yeah. I mean, I usually city. don't say that because it's not like people don't know that place yeah. generally. Um, but yeah, I didn't, I didn't even think it was possible to do anything in, in terms of comedy because you grow up in a small town. Everybody's an engineer, by the way. Everybody in my hometown works for Mercedes or BMW and they're engineers, like good German boys. And uh, yeah, so it took me a while to actually realize that. And then in the YouTube videos, I started doing more comedy stuff too. So like I did my ab routine, but I did it in like a funny way, right? Yeah. And uh, now over the years, it's transitioned more and more into what I'm actually passionate about, which has always been comedy, mm -hmm. which took me a long time to actually figure out and erase the upbringing of people telling me you can't do that, you know? Yeah. As a German, you have to be serious, especially Germans. We're not very funny, generally, you know? Germans are very serious people. Um, so yeah, I had to like retrain myself and, and travel a lot and figure out to actually now do comedy. Yeah, yeah. wow. Yeah. So is comedy something that you are currently monetizing? Are you making money off of it or is it solely a passion? <laughs> and do you plan to make it like a career? Yeah, so right now I'm, uh, I'm, I mean, I was paid. I did a show at the Irvine Improv a couple of days ago and I was paid, I don't know if I can say it, a couple hundred, like I was paid, all right? But I also spent more on the flights there. So I'm making money with it, but not really. So like comedy is even more difficult to, uh, than modeling to make money, I feel like. Yeah, more competitive. Yeah, um, yeah, and um, yeah, it's just making money with comedy is so difficult. Like you have to get to a level where you can really monetize it so my goal right now is like i have my youtube channel so i'm making money with that and then i lose money with comedy currently <laughs> but i tour Balance all around out. the world i have amazing experiences i'm getting so much better every week uh just getting the stage time so i'm like um, posting more clips off my comedy on youtube now 
which then I'm, I'm very confident like in two years, um, I'm going to be doing a Netflix special in a speedo. That's my goal. Two years. I mean, maybe not two years, but like in two years I'll monetize and then, you know, that's what we're working towards. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I love it. <laughs> so stand up comedy is something that's so foreign to me. Do you write out like, I mean, yeah, it's not improv, so it's prepared yeah. ahead of time. Where sort do you of, find yeah. where do you find the stuff to talk about? You just talk about your life or like what Yeah. How I mean, do you how do you brainstorm for a show? Yeah, I mean, really think about what what is what you're passionate about. And that's something also like I was very in the beginning I was leaning towards writing stuff about um obviously modeling is an obvious one because it's like um very few people have that experience, very unique perspective. But I was very, um, in the beginning, because I have my YouTube channel and like, um, I know what works, you know, and like, even like uh, very blue, in the beginning, all com comedians do dick jokes because they feel like they need that shock value of something sexual really? to get a laugh. Did you learn that or you just kind of noticed it when you were I studying? noticed that and it's honestly like, that's what most comedians do in the beginning. They do very like more sexual stuff. And I had some stuff like that. I wrote about like, um, I have I, my circumcision. I was circumcised at 19 years old. So I wrote about that stuff. But then really I was like, what does it really fuel me as a human? And it's a lot about my mother. Like growing up in Germany, having a German mom that never told me she loves me. And once I started writing about that stuff that I'm feeling like very passionate about, I think it just like, um, it came from my heart and it's so much more impactful. So I think I just think about like, what do I talk about? What am I passionate about with my friends? Like I actually have a bit about modeling and women being overpaid yeah. in modeling. Like that's a little ironic bit I have because I actually talk about it with friends. So I just like make a list and I have some ideas. Sometimes I talk to you and I go like, okay, this could be funny. So I write down, uh, have a, I have a notion document with like stand up comedy ideas. So I have that one. And then once like uh, a couple of times a week, I go back and I go like, okay, maybe I can write something. And then I just brainstorm and I just riff, you know, I actually have the microphone and I just, in my living room, I just talk stuff out yeah. and then, oh, this is a good perspective. Let me write it down. And then I develop the set from there. So do you, yeah. you plan it out and then you kind of go up there and it might take a turn? Yeah, you yeah. Know so, for sure. Yeah, exactly. Depending on the audience, like yeah. I, I once chose in, uh, <laughs> in the show in Miami Improv and it was like a pretty homophobic audience. Okay. And I had like a joke about a gay gym and stuff. And then I like, you know, you kind of have to improvise. And the guy was a heckler. He was like, oh, no gay shit here. You know, stop that gay shit. And then, you know, I had to like improvise and like obviously then play into it and I changed my set based on that kind of, you know. Yeah. Um, That's scary. That's a, it feels like a lot of pressure. It, it is, but also there's something so beautiful about the, I love the f not knowing what's going to happen. Like, I love that actually because you can always have, I mean, hecklers, I don't want anybody to heckle anybody, you know, <laughs> clear message to all the hecklers out there. But you know what? Sometimes the best moment in comedy came from people like shouting something out. Because yeah. I love these moments being thrown off. I, I love improv. Right, so I live for the moments when you're like kind of thrown off and you have to like in the moment make it work because that's such a big payoff. And that's great like having, instead of having a rehearsed set, being open to those like things that are thrown at you is amazing. Yeah. So yeah, the sets are prepared. You have jokes that you, that you wrote, but then you have to like have a conversation with the audience. Okay, gotcha. It's about connection, yeah. Yeah, that's yeah. a, I mean, whew, that's a feat. You getting into that. I mean, that is major. Yeah. That's, that's yeah, a lot. I love it. Yeah. So um, that's not making you the income that you want right now no, no, yet. Not um, the business. But YouTube <laughs> yeah. is. Yeah. And okay, so for people who don't know, how do you make money off of YouTube uh, without doing sponsored ads? Because I hardly ever see you like talking about a product. No, 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 no. I have done a few, but no, I've done Manscaped or whatever. But um, yeah, no. So YouTube pays, they, they run ads. Is this on YouTube also? This is going to be on YouTube. Okay, yeah. so maybe you're going to be featuring an ad before. Ooh. You can skip. And if you don't skip it, I think if you watch an ad for like 12 seconds, um, the YouTube will share the revenue with you. So YouTube makes money by playing ads in front of all these videos. And instead of keeping all the money for themselves, they share it with the creators of the videos. So I, I mean, to give you some specifics, it depends on your niche, depending how um, family friendly you are, right? If you talk about finance, you can make a lot more money. Like maybe for a million views, I make like um, maybe $2,000, okay? For like a long form video. So if I get like, um, you know, if I get 5 million views uh, a month, maybe I make like, I mean, it really depends on the month as well. Like maybe like $5,000, depends, right? A finance person can make like, 30,000 with the same amount of views. Oh, really? So that's how it works, right? It depends. They serve um, ads that are in line with your audience. So if you're like a makeup channel, they're going to probably give you a lot of ads for like females, right? Like yeah. women. Um, yeah. And for me, it's like, it's, it's mainly men. So mm -hmm. they get like the, 
the alpha male ads, you know, like BMW, Manscaped, you know, tractors, that kind of stuff. Tractor. dirt. <laughs> Tractors, that's a good one, yeah. So you see tractor ads on my behalf. I have a big gay audience. I don't know if they're tractor fans, yeah, you know exactly. what I mean? <laughs> yeah, I want to ask you about that. So what percentage of your audience is male? Obviously oh, a lot, right? It depends. On TikTok, it's like 50-50 because it's more like comedy stuff. But on YouTube and Instagram, 80% men. 80%? Yeah. And uh, mostly gay men. I would assume so, yeah. 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 So um you get asked about your sexuality on social media yeah. so much yeah. does that get so annoying i mean or do yeah you kind I, of just take it because you it's okay <laughs> i get i get i get it because especially in america people are so obsessed with that you yeah. know americans love labels you know it's very like um same with politics right you americans love labels it's like okay are you democrat or are you republican right it helps people understand in europe we're just a little bit more um chill about that i feel like right so i get it um yeah and i, I mean i can answer it i feel like i'm I just don't like the concept of labels in general, right? Yeah. And I've, I mean, I, I'm def. I, I like women. I have a girlfriend, right? And I feel like I've always felt attracted to women, but then also I, I feel like there's a component of like attraction to a person. Like, I cuddle my best friend, and he really opened me up. He's my best friend. Is, is gay. His name is Travis. I had a very public relationship with with him on YouTube, and it was so beautiful to feel a love and connection to somebody without having a sexual component. Where's Travis from? He's from America. So was that, uh, do you think he had maybe like feelings for you? Because in America, I feel like it's, we do connect those two things. Yeah, you know, like yeah, Like physical yeah. touch with a, yeah. you know, emotional love or whatever. Yeah. And, but I mean, you do still love each other. But Yeah. No, we do. And, and it was very confusing for me because I felt like all the emotions I felt for, for a girl. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Where I was like, um, I felt the companionship, the love, the care for another person. But like sexually, there was never a thing, right? And I thought that was so new and I was very thrown off by it in the beginning, but then it was all so beautiful. So then I was like, you know what? Fuck the labels, right? I just, I love this person and um, we don't, I don't know what that means. We don't have sex, but I love him, but I'm sexually attracted to women. I'm like, I don't fucking care. I'm just going to do me and uh, I'm going to do whatever feels right in the moment. And I'm not going to care about like cuddling with a guy if that makes me not straight. I don't care about that, you know? So I just, mm. I just do what feels right. Yeah. And I think that's what most more people should do. You know, let's care a lot. Let's let's like care less about like the labels and just live. You know, yeah. that's how I feel. But I get, I understand why labels can help you classify people and put them in boxes and makes them helps you understand them. But yeah, I think yeah. your audience kind of gets off on you like um, toying with that idea. Do you yeah. know what I'm saying? Yeah. I think you playing that up and like still, sure. I don't know hinting at that sort of thing they just love it yeah and i, mean, also, I just see that yeah. you, you still get so many questions about it i looked at the sure. comments in your videos and i'm yeah. like still mm -hmm, mm -hmm. he's been on youtube for you know seven, i know years i know and, and yeah i also want to like it's not only that it's also like i want to almost send a message to straight guys to be more open right to be more open about like showing affection to your male friends it's not gay it's just like you know i think men don't talk about their emotions enough and they don't like, hug each other. They exactly. Don't do anything like that. Exactly. Yeah. I think for a, I think there's something so beautiful between like a female, like for like a female best friend, mm -hmm. you know, like two girls. And it's like this really strong bond that can be vulnerable, they can cuddle. And I think it's so beautiful. And I think men should be allowed to do the same thing. But a lot of men don't even allow themselves to do any of that because they think, oh, it's going to make me gay. Yeah. I'm going to not be allowed on my tractor anymore. So, <laughs> you know. Tractor. Yeah. Yeah. So do you think that you make more money on YouTube with a male audience or do you think you would make more money with a female audience? It's a very good question. Uh, I think I think a male audience probably. Because you can sell men the male products and you are a man. Exactly, so exactly, yeah. I, I don't know how... It, if you think about like an, like an ad run business, I don't know what I would do for women. Honestly, I have no clue. Like the only thing I can think of is I can sell comedy tickets to girls. Yeah. And I have a calendar I sell, the bromance calendar, which I guess ma mainly gay men and women would look would would be interested in because it's like a lot of photos and speedos and all that. Um, but no, definitely, I think a male audience. Like I have had sponsorships and stuff. I'm like not very. I don't like the. I just don't like interrupting the flow of a YouTube video with an ad read, unless it's really integrated. I've done one for Manscaped where I had to shave, I paid these dudes to shave their eyebrows off for $100 in Berlin. $100? Yeah. So I paid them $100 and I shaved, I was like, hey, I'm going to pay $100 to shave your eyebrows. And they let me do it and I used Manscaped as a, as a product and then I plugged it. So it was really funny because I could, 
but otherwise I'm kind of thrown off by the whole like um no word to our sponsor like I don't know yeah. you know maybe on a podcast but um yeah so I've I've not done a lot of those but I think I man definitely is it's a good audience I think it's yeah yeah, it's, I, I have found that, you know, females who have female audiences are very yeah. um, valuable to brands because a lot of yeah. a lot of females who post like hot bikini pics or whatever have men True. following them. And then it's like, who do you who are you selling to that? You're going to sell watches or whatever to the men because that's so interesting. I never thought of that. Really? Yeah, you're right. Yeah. So no, that 100 percent. That makes sense. A man having male followers is, you know, pretty lucrative. It's good. Interesting. Well, maybe I should maybe I should sell more watches or tractors. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, yeah. like those. If two any things. tractor brands, contact at Mario Adrian. Hit me up, okay? John Let's Deere. Make it <laughs> John Deere tractors. Can you imagine that would be a funny integration? <laughs> like it would be so like far away because you know very gay friendly content. <laughs> like, yeah. John Deere. Let's talk about this. How about your team? Yeah. So you still come up with all the content yourself, mm-hmm. but you have mm-hmm. what a videographer and editor. Like yeah. tell me about your team. So I, and, I sh- and if you pay them or anything like that, <laughs> I do pay them. I do pay they them. Don't wor- they're not interns. <laughs> no, that, you know, I should get an unpaid intern also. Unpaid intern. Again, contacted Mara Adrian. Um, <laughs> no, I should, uh, I have one, um, one, one of my best friends, Riley. He's my videographer. He's from Seattle actually. Oh, nice. And he was my subscriber for a long time. So he actually reached out to me and was like, Hey, can I help you with stuff? And I was like, you know yeah he did some graphic design stuff in the beginning he helped me with like an online course i had called male model mentor where i taught people how to become models and um he just like then you know became more and more valuable and then i flew him out for one music video shoot in miami and he was a great videographer i love this energy and then he moved to la for me yeah what? moved to la yeah. for you and he not just for a girl he moved to la for me yeah, how love. romantic. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. So he works for you only. He's pretty like much your yeah. full-time employee. I mean, basically. he's also like a TikTok e-boy. He does his own social media stuff okay. and does his nerd shit. But <laughs> mainly, <laughs> he uh, he shoots for me, yeah. So like videography, and my podcast. Um, I do a lot of the street interviews now where I go on the street yeah. and I do stuff. I love those. Yeah, so those he that's what I want to do also. That's the main thing I want to do. Um, and he helps me film them. Okay. So he's my full-time videographer and also edits a lot of the stuff. Okay. But it became so much... Because I had such a high output at one point. Now I'm kind of going down on YouTube because I had like, I have to write stand-up comedy. I'm taking stand-up more seriously this year. So like I'm, I went down to like one video a week on YouTube. Uh, it was two before, which was crazy. That's all I did. Yeah. Um, so we film YouTube videos and he helps me edit them. And we have a flow, right? Like, because I, I do the first cut, like kind of trim it down, get the storyline of the video, and then he edits it. And then I have somebody else cutting shorts out of that and redistributing to like TikTok. And then I have one person. So basically, currently I have three people working for me. Okay. One is my videographer. Then I have one pretty much full-time editor. And then I have one um, social media assistant who posts for me because I don't like posting on social media. I like social media. I love the creativity, but I don't like going, opening up an app like Instagram and posting because then I get so distracted. I don't like it. So I have somebody else post for me. Um, do you so many times yeah do you personally like scroll on instagram scroll on tiktok or you just aren't on social media really other than for your work i'm i'm really not and then you're not even on for your work because you have a an assistant and honestly i again i have such a love-hate relationship but i feel like the more time i spend on social media the unhappier i am generally so i um i mean sometimes i will like every i think so saturday is my day when i actually i have a specific i have a i have a set time saturday when i check all my socials and i write down the stats and i adjust and i make a plan for the new week but i'm very disciplined with it and it helped me so much Wow. like not looking at the stuff every day because like there's no real point even checking your numbers like unless you can change it like on youtube a thumbnail like there's no real point except for you get a dopamine hit if it does well or you get disappointed if it doesn't but like I want to use that mental space to like work on new stuff as opposed to, you know. So that's really helped me. Yeah, that's yeah. very healthy. Yeah. To have that boundary. Yeah, and I do look at social because that's important to look at it, right? Like, I um I listen to podcasts and stuff about comedy, and I I'm in the like the new Chris Rock special about the Will Smith slap. Like I look at all that stuff, but I have like usually uh, only after seven is when I can look at social media stuff. Like I watch YouTube. That's the main thing. I don't really scroll on TikTok. TikTok is the app I actually deleted from my phone. Oh, really? And I just have somebody post for me because that's the, yeah, that's the best way. So Instagram I am because I have to like connect with people and people message me. It's like more of a, it's almost like a, you know, your personal inbox in a way. Mm-hmm. So I do look at that, um, but only once a day after 7 p.m. when I'm done with my other work. Okay. Yeah. 
Yeah. Uh, so does that social media intern handle all your DMs and do you respond to your DMs from people that you don't follow yourself? I don't look at all the DMs, but she does filter through the DMs because I'll be honest, a lot of the DMs are just like straight up like dick pics and... and I was going to ask you yeah, about yeah, that. Yeah, you yeah, get so a, many, so many. You yeah, get a lot yeah. of weird stuff in there? I get a lot of weird stuff from there. So many requests for escorting too. Oh, really? So like many. Like genuine paid yeah, 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 yeah. And also, like, yeah. I mean, that's some, maybe if, you know, if comedy doesn't work out, like, I have a, at least I have a fallback plan. Jeez. Um, because, uh, yeah, there's so many. So she filters through all the requests, and she sends me the ones that are um, legit. Because sometimes, like, a comedy club will reach out to me or a brand or something like that, you know, or somebody for a podcast or whatever it is, right? So, like, um, she filters through all that stuff. Okay. And then, yeah. So the poor girl has to see all your crazy pictures and whatever else. Oh, that's crazy. Yeah. Yeah. That's okay. That's yeah. One thing with my page, um, I have all women following me. It's like 85% or yeah, something interesting, and yeah. I do not get any weird DMs, not from men, not from women. Mm-hmm. I don't get any of that stuff and I can't, <laughs> I mean, it's good, I guess, for your business to yeah. keep people interested and all that, but it yeah. must just be overwhelming when you had to go through all those yourself yeah. and like filter through, is this a serious one? Do they oh, actually yeah. need something or yeah, like, yeah. are they trying to work with me? This or image is this... has been blurred to protect you from sensitive exactly. content. Then you got click and it's like, oh, oh another one. <laughs> hire a gay guy to go through my DMs, you know, at least. They can, at least you know. he can enjoy it. Yeah. <laughs> maybe she enjoys it too. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> no, maybe, yeah. Who yeah. knows? Your yeah. your intern at work. Oh my god. That's yeah. No, 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 not intern. Your assistant. This is I pay her yeah. again for the record. I pay. I pay her. Yes, you have three employees. Yeah. That's impressive. Yeah, like freelance. One is like you know full time, but yeah, yeah. Okay, so you just mentioned that you might take up escorting, <laughs> <laughs> and and I've seen you talk about in videos about you joke about becoming a porn star. Yeah. Is that ever something you would genuinely consider? So. <laughs> I honestly don't think I have what it takes. Um, it, listen, I have so many friends that are porn stars and I've had so many people on my podcast who are porn stars. And I did a video experiment once because so many people also always on YouTube are always commenting. Even in the beginning, they were like, Mario, you complain about not making enough money as a model. Why don't you just do porn? <laughs> Turns out porn is also not as well paid as people think. But um, I did a documentary based on that. I was like, okay, I love these like crazy... Um, it's almost like a mockumentary I did where I tried to become a porn star. Like I wasn't going to do it, but I did this video experiment. It was one of the most fun projects I've ever done. I actually applied to porn agencies and I went to a casting call and a test shoot with an undercover camera and everything. And um, they actually confirmed me for my first two scenes I could shoot in San Diego. One was going to be a solo scene and one was going to be a gay for pay but like seen with another dude. Gay for pay. Gay for pay, yeah. Is that like a category that it's they... A, it's a category, yeah. Okay. So gay for pay meaning straight guys doing gay porn. Oh, wow. Interesting. So what do you think? Okay, I have a guess. What do you think the rates would be for your first shoot for a solo scene? And how much it would be for a gay, uh, a gay scene with one more guy? Okay. I also know that they're severely underpaid. So I'm going to yeah. keep that in mind. And I'm going to say for a solo... They'll give you 500 bucks. Okay. And for a couple's, they'll give you 1,000. Okay. It's actually not too far off. A little no. lower. 300 for the solo, 750 for the for the gay for pay one. Okay. Which is wild. Yeah. To put yourself out there like that and then make 500 bucks. Exactly. And it's a lot, right? Especially for the, like, because there's a lot of, like, prepping and stuff. That, well, anyways, I just knew that I couldn't do it. So I, like, finished a documentary with, like, um, a mock casting. So you had plans to follow through no with no that. i didn't have okay so i always knew that i knew that i could not because I, I do respect porn stars a lot because it is a skill set yeah like being able to perform sexually i'm not that person like i have to have a connection with somebody and it's it's really difficult to do that like on a set when there's like four people like director everybody's looking at you yeah. and you have to like you know you have to like um like stay erect and all these things and the timing has to be perfect and i was like that's I respect that. I could I don't think I have what it takes in that sense. It's tough, yeah. Yeah, no. And besides from that, it's also not where I, where I want to take my career, yeah. you know? But again, I respect all porn stars because I've seen like, you know, we have a lot of judgment around like um, sex workers and porn stars and I've met so many of these people in real life and I've had them on my podcast. They're, they're just some of the sweetest people you would ever meet. And it's it's so crazy to see how your public image and your online persona 
can deviate so much from who you really are. Yeah. So that's really taught me a lot about that. And um, a lot of them do it like for, I mean, this one guy I talked to, Malik Dagadi, he, ta- he talked about it on my podcast. He was like, I come from a lot of poverty and um, I do this to support my family. And every single cent I make is like going back to them and all this. And it's like, no, there's so many layers. Um, so yeah, for does some it, people that's, yeah. Does he make a decent amount? Like oh yeah, the, he's, the ones I mean, that he's, you talk to? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, I mean, especially if they have OnlyFans, that's usually how they make more but money. Yeah. So the part that I don't understand yeah. is anybody these days can go online and type in, you know, phub.com yeah. and watch free videos. Yeah. So I'm wondering if you don't have an OnlyFans, yeah. how do you make money? All of them have OnlyFans now, but OnlyFans has only been around for two years. Exactly. So how do porn stars actually make money? Well, these days. Yeah. Yeah. So there's studio porn, which the professional stuff, and it's almost like, I would almost say like, it, it legitimizes you as a performer. It's almost like it gives you clout and it's like doing a Netflix show versus like having your YouTube stuff. YouTube makes more money probably than a lot of Netflix stuff, but it gives you that like, it legitimizes you as a performer. Because there's a cameraman and a makeup yeah. artist and like all this big crew. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> makeup art. Yeah, I there guess are. so. I, I, guess, know, yeah. I know a porn makeup artist. Okay. <laughs> yeah, that's, <laughs> that's, a, it's a, that's an industry too. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> okay, well, I feel that. Um, so yeah, they make money with that, but then it's more to promote their own OnlyFans. So if you're on a scene on a studio, because you have the audience, if you're on like, if you're on Pornhub and you have a scene out there for like from a big studio, people will then look you up. What I'd never fully understood and it's still like an enigma to me is like, if you've seen this person be very explicit online, like what's the incentive to following them on OnlyFans? But I think it's more, it's the need for this like more home, like almost amateur content and a more personal connection yeah. to the person. I think it's, yeah, a lot about yeah. the personal connection yeah. and the DMs, like, yeah. or I don't know if they call them DMs, but I think so, yeah. private messages yeah. and private requests. It's DMs. like, as you said, creating that one-on-one bond yeah. with your viewers. Yeah. You know? Yeah. So you have an OnlyFans? Yeah. And what sort of content do you post on there? Well, I just had so much stuff taken out on Instagram and I used to post modeling photos on Instagram and it was really like, also like sexy underwear stuff and I was still getting booked for modeling jobs but then the more I got into stand-up comedy, I was like, what's the incentive of me posting those photos? Because they get a lot of likes and stuff, but it's not really serving where I want to go currently. Mm-hmm. So now I like post all the modeling stuff. I'm very proud of. I love so many of the photos I took. And I took some like also nudes, implied nudes for like magazines, which I thought were beautiful, but I just don't have a place to post them. So I still want to like share that side of me. And that's what OnlyFans is for. So that's more of the explicit stuff more um more of my modeling photos mm-hmm. that i don't currently want want to post on my main instagram because bookers get so confused it's hilarious like I, i've gone to stand-up comedy shows and they're so confused when they look at my profile and they're like it's a comedy clip and then it's like me in a speedo <laughs> and it's like wide variety that's what i'm trying to combine it that's why american idol was perfect because it combined it blended the two worlds of like i wasn't a speedo it comes from modeling but then i did a full comedy improv comedy act basically on television exactly which was like the comedic side so i'm always going to have the modeling but i'm kind of rebranding more towards the the comedy side of things yeah yeah gotcha yeah that's nice you have that place where you can post that type of content and then also get compensated for it because you they are i mean you are showing a bit more of yourself and it's probably frustrating to post that on instagram and it's just the same as any other post and it's getting taken down also a lot of the times like my tiktok i had two tiktoks deleted and one was deleted because TikTok's I posted it. TikTok's even tougher with TikTok that stuff. TikTok is weird, yeah. yeah. And um, also, some some people say TikTok is a little sexist too, you know, because I w- my TikTok was deleted for wearing a speedo on American Idol. Oh, from TikTok. Yeah, which my was on TV anyway. Exactly. <laughs> That's what I mean. It was on. It was on. It was on. You know, it was on American Idol. It's such a te- like such a family friendly show. Mm. Um, and yeah, meanwhile, I see a lot of girls, you know. But again, there's always, you know, it depends. It, I'll see a lot of guys and they get away with it. But yeah, no, um, TikTok deleted a lot of stuff. And then I was like, you know what? This is not worth it. It's not good for my mental health. Having stuff taken down, all, opening an app and every single time. Like I had so much stuff taken down to the point where I was like, I had anxiety when I opened an app. I was like, and it was loading, like the, the, the symbol was buffering for like three seconds. I was like, oh no. Because then usually when it comes to like, your account has been disabled, you've been logged out. And I'm like, no. Yeah. So yeah. So you don't even try to post it on TikTok anymore. You just post it on your I don't want to risk it. Just for my like peace of mind, it's just not worth it. You know, like the stress that comes from having these accounts to leave that I put so much work into. Like it's two TikToks are gone. Now it's my third TikTok. And now I'm like, you know, really careful. And even then I'm like, I'm posting podcast clips and, you know, or 
I mean, I posted this thing with my dad where I did like this compilation of like my dad holding me now, like 30 years later, and then cutting back to a photo of me as a child when he was holding me. The most wholesome thing ever. Yeah. But it was taken down for minor safety and child whatever because I was in a towel as a kid. Like I was one years old. You know what I mean? So like even then it's like, you know, stuff gets taken down. Yeah. That's crazy. Yeah. All right. So how many subscribers do you have on OnlyFans? Uh, on my free one or on my paid one? Oh, so there's so, two separate accounts? Yeah, so there's actually a new thing now. So I have, um, there's a thing called OnlyFans TV. Have you heard of that? Nope. Okay, OnlyFans TV is a, is OnlyFans, they want to brand themselves as a family-friendly network. Yes. Right? I mean, they almost they almost banned sexual content like a couple, two years ago. They did for like a week, well, I they thought. Well, they did for and a week and then they, they like, changed up, their minds. Yeah, because everybody lost their minds, yeah. right? So, um there is a thing called OnlyFans TV where you can, we can post stuff that's all safe for work. So you can, there's like dating shows and I have a connection with them. So they, they told me I can post um, repurposed clips of my YouTube, you know? So I post like street interviews, podcast clips on my own OFTV channel. And that channel uh, gets promoted to people who use OFTV, gets featured, kind of like on an explore page. And there's not too many people out there. So I get like new audience find me there and it links straight to my actual OnlyFans profile. Okay. And that's the free one. So that's like OnlyFans almost trying to, it's interesting because they don't have ads and that's the cool thing. So like you find new creators, you find these shows, it's like actual dating shows, a lot of original content too, like OnlyFans TV, they put money into producing content like dating shows oh. with OnlyFans creators, which almost builds this like, they almost want to build another YouTube where every YouTuber also has their own private YouTube page that you pay for and you subscribe. That way only, because OnlyFans makes more money if more people find you, right? They, they, they have your best interest in mind. So that's like their attempt in um, becoming more family friendly. Yeah. yeah. So I have a free OnlyFans that I just started. So I, I gained like a thousand followers on that one. And then my paid one, um, it's like, it fluctuates. I mean, it was anywhere between like, at, at the height of everything, I had like 6,000. But that but was, yeah, that's really good for... That was yeah. that was a lot. Yeah. Now it's not that. Like maybe 1.5K, something like that. And do you promote that through your other social media? No. Or no. it's just organic growth all. on yeah. OnlyFans? I stopped promoting it because OnlyFans, even no matter what you do on OnlyFans, whether you do porn or you post photos of you teaching guitar lessons, if you mention OnlyFans on Instagram, it will get taken down. Oh, wow. It's really... Um, it's really hard. And even on YouTube stuff, like videos have been taken down where I, where I feature my OnlyFans. And um, I just don't mention it, except for on this podcast. Yeah, yeah. Here we are. <laughs> <laughs> so guys, <laughs> go find me. No, um, <laughs> I just feel like at the end of the day, like when, like people know it and that they'll find you, it's just not worth it. Again, I could make more money if I pushed it hard, but then again, the anxiety of having stuff yeah. taken down—it's just not worth it. And and if, yeah. as you said, if people want to find you, they'll type in Mario Adrian OnlyFans. I'm sure. I'm sure. I'm, pop sure up. I'm sure. I'm sure people have googled your name and that they want to find out. Like you know, they, they they'll find you. So like it's yeah. 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 Um, okay. Two things I want to talk about branching off of that. One, yeah. um, do you believe that OnlyFans is going to become like an Instagram, like another just social platform that everybody has to have? And the reason I ask that is because you said that they have just their regular like TV channel. Yeah. And it's like a regular scroll. I've also been reached out and, uh, sorry, I've been reached out to from OnlyFans. Oh, and yeah. they said, we're rebranding. We're becoming more family friendly. Yeah. We're, um, it's basically just a paid Instagram platform. Yeah. You can post all your usual stuff. Yeah. So do you think that it'll become a regular social media platform? I mean, that's what they want to do, but I just feel like the, the, the name is such a, it has so much weight. People understand it for what it is and for having more explicit content. I just don't think it'll become, cause they want to become Patreon essentially. Yeah. What Patreon is do you right have a now. Patreon? I don't have a Patreon. No, cause Patreon is so, again, the reason I don't have Patreon is because Patreon does not have the same pull as OnlyFans. People don't understand. It's not as widely used. And there's something about sex sells. It's just a fact. And even no matter what you do on OnlyFans, there's always people who are going to subscribe just to see if you do sexual content. And I don't think if that's going to go away, maybe a long, long term OnlyFans can become that. But I think it's so ingrained in our culture now. Yeah. What like it's You're an OnlyFans girl. Like We have an understanding of what that means, right? And I think... They're just making too much money with that. And I mean, they almost did like move away from it, but I think it's, there's so much money that it's unbelievable. Like men can make a lot of money. I mean, I experienced myself, my friends, but women again, 
<laughs> really honing in on that. <laughs> <laughs> no, I mean, women do make a lot more money on OnlyFans. And it's yeah. just, if there's so much profit involved, I don't think it'll go away. And, and, and what sells on OnlyFans is the expectation of it being sexual content. Yeah. I think they're going to try. And I think there's going to be a percentage of people who use it as a Patreon. But I think the bulk of their revenue, realistically, is going to come from from that and the more sexual content. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so did I did I ask you, do you get direct DMs on OnlyFans and do you address those? Yeah. You do? You yeah, respond get, to all I'm those? And, yeah, yeah. And do people ask you for private videos or whatever, specific mm -hmm. videos? And yeah, do you do those? No, not really. No. I mean, one, okay, I, I can tell you one funny story. Okay. Um, <laughs> it sounds a little weird, but like, okay, I got this message on, on OnlyFans and again, I'm not going to mention the person, but it was hilarious. Um, this person reached out to me and they were like, okay, um, in a world of unusual fetishes, mine is pretty high up there. And I was hooked. I was like, okay, this is a great first line. <laughs> let's keep for this. Is, let's see where this is going. And he's, uh, the, he said like, okay, I, I like to see hot guys getting pied in the face. And he, like in a sexual way, he enjoys that? I guess so. But like we were, we were pied in a pie way. We're not pied in a sexual way. It was just like yeah. in, a, in a really like, you know, in an apple pie kind of way. And yeah, I filmed the video, a private video with my friend Jeff, and we pied each other in the face multiple times, multiple pies, and there was a specific rate for the, I can't disclose the rate because I promised that person, but the amount of pies, um, the uh, distance of from where it was thrown, the body part on which we were pied, like it was very specific instructions and we got paid and it was hilarious. And I'm very grateful for that person. So wow. shout out, thank you. Yeah. So you don't have to disclose the exact amount, but did you make, would you say like a decent amount of money? Yeah. More than you make on a, a day on set for modeling? Yeah. Really? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Oh, dang. Yeah. This person really wanted to see some yeah. pie get thrown. I love that. Yeah, and also paid for supplies. Exactly. It was clarified. It was clarified. Also, I will cover the cost of supplies. The cleaning was actually more intense than I thought it was be, would, would be because yeah. I didn't anticipate that the pie would just like spread everywhere. You know. But it did? I'm not a scientist. It did, yeah. Oh, dang. It did, yeah. yeah. Wow. But so that's what I do. But I, do, I don't do any other stuff because, again, most of the stuff is super sexual, which I don't do. Yeah. So then, um, you know, but hey, if anyone's pie me, pay me for some pie. If the rate's some right. pie action. <laughs> if the rate's right, you're down? <laughs> for pie, yeah, you know. <laughs> but no, yeah, nothing too sexual. I mean, depending on the rate. Let's be real. At some point, there is a price tag. At some point, I'll be honest, but I have to be, you know, I have to think so about if, it. So if it was some whopping number, you would consider doing something you know, more out of your comfort zone. It, re it really depends what it is specifically yeah. to, you know, what it see again, I don't feel a desperate, probably not right now. Yeah. Honestly, like, I don't know. I'm, I'm not very f money driven. I never was. I grew up not with a lot of money. Like I would grew up very like lower middle class in Germany. My, my dad's a chimney sweeper. Okay. So, um, I just don't have that drive. Like if I was really desperate and I had like a, you know, maybe if I was a single mom and I had like a dream and I had a house to pay off and, and, and I would have somebody would be like, okay, here's $5 million. I'd be like, no, nah, you know, why not? Why not? But right now I feel good. I feel good. You know, I can do yeah. whatever I want, can travel. You kind of have a brand to keep uh, protect, exactly. protected yeah. as well. Yeah. 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 Um, okay. So what's the deal with your feet pics that have gone viral? Oh yeah. What's yeah. the story there? I mean, apparently I have very, um, very nice feet, apparently according to a website called malecelebritytfeet.com. Have you heard of that? I hadn't until I saw that video of yours. Yeah, yeah. I was like, what in the world? I know, There's I a know. site for everything. I know, I know. It's called, um, it's actually Wikifeet, man. I'm confused about the URL. But anyways, it is a, a, like a Wikipedia with every single celebrity you can find or a social media person, right? Um, I think it's only for men. I don't know. But you, if you were a guy, you'd be on there for sure, right? So you can look up um, Chris Hemsworth feet. And... These people, like, they find shots from every single appearance Chris Hemsworth's feet have been in. Like, they find the Thor movie. I'm sure there's a photo of his feet in the Thor movie, I guess. And they screenshot it and upload it. And then people can rate the feet. And um, They rate them? <clears throat> they rate them, yeah. Oh, my God. And I don't want to brag, <clears throat> but Mario Adrian currently has a 5.3 out of 5 star rating. On malecelebritytfeet.com. 5.3 out of 5? How is know. that possible? I don't know. I don't, the rating system is kind of flawed. I don't get it. I don't Who get it. Who rated a 6? <laughs> See, I don't know. I don't know if it's possible. But just like, I have a screenshot. It's, um, and it's one of the biggest accomplishments of my life, you know? Modeling didn't work out. Modeling did not work out as, as I tended it to. 
but um the feed pics you know wow. yeah love it yeah okay um i'm gonna ask you a couple more questions and then we'll wrap it up sure. we're yeah. nearing our end here but um i want to know about pretty privilege from a male's perspective yeah um do you find that you get pretty privileged from people and do you ever feel that you're treated negatively because of your appearance yeah i think it's very real 100 percent. i think anybody who says that it's not is like you know just lying i, I it's, it's very real like in any scenario if you're good looking i got so many opportunities because of looks right like whether it's with people want to work with you people also you know whether it's in um like even i did some acting right and like if you look a certain way, obviously it sells better as an actor or even people want to work with you, even in business. Maybe, you know, if they're slightly attracted to you, it's just a thing that's that's real. And there's a halo effect also in psychology where like people think, and it's very counterintuitive to what you think because people think models are dumb and all that. But like psychologically, there's been, because I studied psychology for a bit, there's a halo effect, which means that if you have one positive attribute, people assume other positive attributes about you. So if you're good looking, they think you are more reliable they think you're maybe more intelligent, you know? So overall, it kind of creates this illusion, you know, which may or may not be true. So that's definitely true. I will say, though, that in stand-up comedy, being good-looking is not an advantage. It might be a disadvantage. It might be People love looking at a funny-looking guy yeah. on stage yeah. or whatever. And the respect, so what I have to battle a lot when I go on stage and I feel it, and it's actually, I don't mind it, though, because it's a good challenge because I believe in my comedic abilities so much that I... I really think it, it doesn't matter at the end of the day, but I have to combat that. Like when I go on stage, I feel the judgment from people. They go like, Mario, don't you get enough attention already? Like why are you doing stand-up comedy? You know, they, they have assumptions about me. So I have to do even more, I have to be even more self-deprecating on stage, make more fun of myself um, to be relatable which a person that's like maybe like one of my best friends is uh, Adam Fink. He's a great comedian. He's uh, he's short and that's his thing, right? People want to be on his side. People don't want to be on my side necessarily. So that's something you have to, um, in stand-up comedy, which is also run by straight men, which is not my audience, you know what I mean, right now? So um, it's, a, it's a little different. So you have to, yeah. Do you find that straight yeah. men are like intimidated by I think that's part of appearance? it, yeah. That's part of it, for sure. And height? Yeah. Probably. Yeah, they don't want to like me in the beginning, you know. So that's something that's that's very real. But again, I want to. I don't want to. I would always choose that. I don't. I'm not complaining at all. Yes, but I just. I just like yeah. to talk about it because yeah. obviously there are a ton of positives. Yeah. You know, I get some pretty sick discounts when I take my car in for oil or something. You know, <laughs> but there are negatives too. So I just yeah. like to address both of them. And I don't like comments like my friend Travis. He was struggling with depression a lot, and he's a very good-looking guy. So like, <clears throat> I hate it. I hate it when I saw comments like what are you complaining about? You're so hot. Yeah. And it's like, so doesn't have anything to do with that. And, and that's the one thing where it's like, that bothers me, you know? Oh, but you're so good looking. Like, what do you even, you know, complain about? So that's something that, um, yeah. yeah, it's like a pretty, what's the opposite of privilege? Disadvantage. Yeah. 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 It's, yeah. The cur it's a curse and a blessing at the same time. Exactly. Yeah. Okay, I guess that rolls right into the last question, which is okay, the question, question that I leave every episode okay. on. And that is, what portion of your success do you attribute to genetics, good luck, just being born looking the way you are? Yeah. And what portion do you attribute to hard work, dedication, drive? Ooh, that's a really good question. I love that question. Damn. You know what? The success, the current, whatever, I don't want to call it success, but like what I'm doing currently, I mean, it has so much to do with looks and genetics, right? I would say, I would say 30, 70. I would say 30 looks though. 30 looks, Be 70 hard work. Yeah, because I've seen it so many times. Like I, and I've seen it with comedians, anybody who is successful and who builds something, they have one thing in common, which is they have a follow through. And even if you're the best looking person in the world, like you can't, like you have to have that follow through and you have to um, just be relentless. And I truly think that's not, like I was gonna be an engineer in Germany and I always had this, I was always very ambitious and very hard work and I really do believe that hard work beats talent. Because I see so many talented people in comedy, I've seen comedians who are incredible. Like honestly, I've, I've seen some, especially black comedians that are like way better than Kevin Hart. But Kevin Hart is good at branding and he's, hardworking, right? And a lot of creatives are just like, they have the talent, right? And it's beautiful. But if it doesn't have direction, 
then it's not you know going anywhere yeah. and i see comedians especially my best friend Zhao ying summer she's a great comedian she's so hard working she's a single mom she works her ass off and it's just relentless and she's great looking and without i think it's um it's a condition you have to like it's it, you need both right obviously but I, I truly think hard work beats talent yeah so do you um just branching off of that do you think that you would be doing this like freelance lifestyle youtube comedy all this stuff if you hadn't initially been a model mm -hmm. i think so you think you would I still have so. done it yeah i think so because when i was six years old i watched comedians in germany and i was like oh i could do this but then again, I couldn't because I grew up in Germany. There was no theater program. There was no example to look up to of somebody who's done the same thing. I had this path in front of me to, I did well in school. I was like, you have to be an engineer. You have to do this. So it took me to go through modeling. But even when I start, even before I did, did modeling, I, had the, I wanted to make YouTube videos. And I made a video. My first YouTube video actually to this day is called Indische Linsensuppe. It's called an Indian lentil. I was vegan at the time and I made a, a recipe on YouTube in German. It's hilarious. You can watch it on my YouTube first video uh, about how to make Indian lentil curry. So I had this creative output that I always that I always had and it was about food back then. So I think That's no still matter- That's on your channel? It's, it's the first video on my channel. It's a German <laughs> video, <laughs> how to make Indian lentil curry. So I think no matter if it had been through modeling, I think I would have always found back to comedy in some way. And I'm glad they worked out the way it did, you know? Okay. Yeah. Lovely. Yeah. All right. So um, tell everyone where they can find you on social media and yeah. where they can watch your comedy, whatever else. Okay. Amazing. Shout yourself so, out. Um, Mario Adrian on all platforms, except for TikTok because I was banned three times. So it's the Mario Adrian. <laughs> and that's A-D-R-I-O-N. I-O-N. You're yes. right. Yeah. And MarioAdrian.com slash comedy for comedy dates. I'm coming to a city near you. I'm actually going to Seattle too. Oh, nice. Seattle, Chicago, Washington, D.C. Yeah. All in April. Amazing. Fuck yeah. Okay. Thank you so much for coming on. Thank you. That was fun. Signing off. Bye-bye. Bye. -bye. Bye. <laughs>